Hello, Vitality Radio listeners. We just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode discusses mental health, suicide, death thoughts, depression, and addiction, which may be triggering for individuals. to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host. My name's Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you today on another episode of this show. I'm so excited to be with you every week, but this week is a little different because a little more somber uh, than I usually am. I uh, had an experience earlier in the week that uh, really got me thinking about some things, and so I've decided to take this show a little bit different direction than I usually do. The topic we're going to talk about came to me uh, based on a situation I had earlier this week where I attended a funeral and after the funeral made a decision that I needed to talk about it on this show. The funeral was uh, sobering as many funerals uh, are and uh, this one in particular was, was, was hard to attend, honestly. It was a funeral for a stranger, someone I do not know and uh, yet as with all funerals for me, I always learn something. This time I want to talk about suicide. I want to talk about mental health issues, depression, anxiety, things like that. I've got a great guest uh, that's going to join me after the first break. Her name is Stacy Rasmussen. She's a uh, family uh, therapist, marital and family therapist, I believe is her title. And uh, she does a great job at what she does. And she's going to talk about uh, the therapeutic side of this uh, coin. I'll talk about the health and nutrition side. And the goal really today is to help you if you're someone who struggles with the idea uh, or, or ideations, uh, thoughts of suicide, or help you if you have a loved one who does. So we're going to talk about that in some detail today. It won't be the most uh, energetic topic that I've ever brought to you, but I think it's a very, very, very important one. So we're going to go into that. And of course, I always have to do something at the beginning of the show to just kind of, you know, get stuff off my chest. And today is no different. We're going to start off the show with the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, the rant today is on fear based medicine. Now, what that means actually encompasses a lot of things. And 
Today, I'm going to talk specifically about the relationship of doctor to patient based on an experience I had earlier this week. But for years, I've been privy to conversations that my clients at Vitality have had with their doctors. Many of them consist of doctors giving ultimatums and even leveling threats against their patients if they don't do what they're told. Uh, This week was no different, and I want to rant just a little bit about it. However, this has opened me up to some research as I was looking into fear-based medicine, medical propaganda, and things like that, I came across some very, very interesting stuff. Now, I'm going to touch on it today, but uh, there is some very powerful evidence of how fear is routinely used in medicine and how harmful that can actually be. Today, I just want to share a few things, but in a future episode, quite possibly next week or the week after that, I will get into this in a very, very uh, significant way. I don't know if it'll be confined to just the time I have for a rant or if it may even take over the whole show, but we'll get into this a lot in detail in the future. Today, I want to go through just a few things that I found quite fascinating. The following quotes are from Marcia Angel. Uh, She's an MD and author of The Truth About the Drug Companies, How They Deceive Us and What to Do About It. Now, Marsha's not just uh, someone like me on the, uh, I guess, outside looking in when it comes to medicine. She's not only an MD, but she was a uh, full-time editor for the Journal of American Medicine for 20 years. So she's seen a lot. Let's go through a couple of her quotes. In view of the conflicts of interest that permeate the enterprise of medicine and research, it is not surprising that industry-sponsored trials published in medical journals consistently favor sponsors, largely because negative results are not published. Positive results are repeatedly published in slightly different forms, and a positive spin is put on even negative results. A review of 74 clinical trials of antidepressants, for example, found that 37 of 38 positive studies were published, but the 36 negative studies, only three were published, and uh, 33 never saw the light of day. So uh, very interesting how we are, uh, of course, seeing only the good uh, from medicine before these drugs are put on the market. And of course, maybe if you're like me, you suspected that all along, but uh, it's interesting to kind of hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. She says also, it is simply no longer possible to believe much of the clinical research that is published or to rely on the judgment of trusted physicians or authoritative medical guidelines. I take no pleasure in this conclusion, she says, which I reached slowly and reluctantly over my two decades as an editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. The combined profits in 2002 for the 10 drug companies in the Fortune 500 were $35.9 billion. That's profits, not sales. That's more than the profits of all of the other 490 businesses put together, which was $33.7 billion. That's a staggering number if you think about it. Unbelievable, really, that 10 of the 500 Fortune 500 companies are pharmaceutical companies, and they combine for more profit than all of the other 490 combined. It's crazy. Over the past two decades, the pharmaceutical industry has moved very far from its original high purpose of discovering and producing useful new drugs. 
now primarily a marketing machine to sell drugs of dubious benefit, this industry uses its wealth and power to co-opt every institution that might stand in its way, including the U.S. Congress, the FDA, academic medical centers, and the medical profession itself. Most of its marketing efforts are focused on influencing doctors since they must write the prescriptions. Now, all that comes from her, not from me. And remember, she spent 20 years in the industry as an editor and is a licensed medical doctor. Uh, very interesting stuff. That last statement, though, I wanted to read for one very specific reason. Most of pharma's marketing efforts are focused on influencing doctors since they must write the prescriptions. I think that's important when it comes to the story that this sweet lady who came to visit me earlier this week uh, told me. Now, I had not met her before, but she is she's just wonderful. I spent over an hour with her. She uh, educated me on a lot of things, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our visit together. But one of the first things she told me was shocking, and uh, I think it's really important. Let me tell you a little bit about her first. She's in her 50s. She's from Mexico, and she has a pretty heavy accent. And I don't know if that plays into how she was treated or not. Um, unfortunately, wouldn't be surprised if it does. But regardless, she has a unique cholesterol picture. As she put it to me as we were talking, she was raised in a country where people take care of themselves far more than they rely on drugs. So the fact that her doctor has been wanting to put her on a drug every time he sees her for the last seven years was frustrating to her. Her cholesterol situation looks like this. Her HDL, which is the good cholesterol, is very high, much higher than typical and uh, really in a fantastic place. Her HDL, in my opinion, but not in the opinion of her doctor, is fine, especially compared to her HDL. There's something called the cholesterol ratio, and she's looking very, very good at the cholesterol ratio number. And yet, her doctor was extremely interested and has been for the last seven years of putting her on a statin drug to lower that LDL cholesterol. Now, whether or not he's right is, in my opinion, in this case, beside the point. Because I'm going to disagree, as I've stated on this show, with what the medical standard is for cholesterol drugs. And I think there's plenty of evidence to back up my opinion on this. But regardless of that, it doesn't really matter. What matters is what went down next after they looked at the numbers together. Her doctor yelled at her. I'm going to paraphrase, but I've got it pretty close because I actually asked her to repeat it for me. I was so shocked. He said, what are you asking for by not taking a statin drug? Are you wanting a stroke? Are you wanting to not be able to take care of yourself or even walk? Are you not wanting to even be able to wipe your own butt? That's his words, not mine, according to this client of mine. And if that's not shocking to you, uh, and uh, I don't know what is. This is a professional, or at least his MD on the end of his name tag says that he is. He attended medical school. He did all the things that he had to do to become an MD. He's supposed to be a professional. He probably gets paid very well for what he does. And he abused her. I mean, that's outright abuse. Now, I can understand a medical doctor or any professional being frustrated when they give what they believe is sound advice. If he believes that she should be on a cholesterol medication, then he should ask her to be on one and give her a prescription 
as such. But there's a big difference between educating somebody and treating them like a second-class citizen. I mean, the doctor sounds like a, an ass, for lack of a better term. I was going to say idiot, but he's probably not. He's probably intelligent, uh, but he behaved like an idiot. Her words were that he was rude and disrespectful. My words were that he was simply a jerk. Regardless, it's not okay to use these types of tactics with your clients. In fact, there's research showing that uh, this is absolutely uh, harmful to not just the doctor-patient relationship, but uh, the patient, him or herself. So uh, again, I understand how he could be frustrated, but his job is to inform and not scare. And he should be ashamed of himself, but maybe his ego probably won't allow for that, right? So anyway, a little bit of frustration here. The research is actually quite interesting on this. It says appeals to fear can cause harm. Example is in a study of patients with type 2 diabetes, patients recognized when their doctors were using scare tactics to motivate compliance. But many said such threats resulted in increased feelings of anxiety, incompetence, and negativity towards the physician. <laughs> no kidding. Ah, what a dummy. Anyway, <laughs> oh, medicine, 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 medicine. It's frustrating. So if you have a doctor that is uh, taking care of you like that, and I quote unquote around taking care of you, uh, it might be time to fire that doctor and find a new one. All right, I've got to cut to a break. When I come back, we're going to talk, as I said, about a uh, more sobering uh, topic. We're going to get into suicide. It's not something that needs to be in the dark. It's something that needs to be out in the open. I've got a great guest that's going to join me uh, when we come back. I came up with this topic based on a funeral that I attended for a stranger. Now, I know his father. I've known him for some time, 20 years probably or close to it, that he's been a customer of mine and, and since became a friend. And uh, when I heard of this tragedy, I was uh, it, it really kind of knocked me off my feet. So I attended the funeral, and as I say all the time, and people think I'm crazy, I always learn something from a funeral. I always find funerals to be beneficial. I actually enjoy attending funerals. This was a tough one, one of the toughest ones I've ever attended. There was, for lack of a better term, limited upside to what I heard uh, across the, the pulpit. But I learned one thing, and it was interesting that it came on the heels of something that I was learning about when preparing for this show uh, earlier in the week, and that is the powerful need for connection. So we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. We're going to talk about connection. We're going to talk about mental health in general. We're going to talk about the topic of suicide. We're going to talk about the health in terms of what you can do for your body to help your brain uh, with some of these thought processes. This is going to be good for you if you have ever contemplated the idea of suicide. It will also be good for you if you have a loved one who has. And uh, that's what we're going to get into when I come back. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is... Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, 
and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email. Info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Today's topic, uh, as you know if you were listening before the break, a little bit of a somber one, but I think very, very important and I recognize my own limitations in terms of uh, my level of education on the therapeutic side of this conversation. And I'm very fortunate to be joined by an amazing guest and a really great mind on this topic. And in just a moment, we'll have an interview with Herb. Okay, so before the break, I talked about the funeral I attended earlier in the week. And some of the emotions that came along with that. My um, 2019 having a fair amount of tragedy in it when it comes to uh, death of people who are important to me and close to me. And right after the funeral, uh, one of the first things I did was send a text message to this uh, good friend of mine. She's a marriage and family therapist. I told her some of my feelings on the topic and what was going on. And I said at the time, now I know what Vitality Radio is going to be about this Saturday. And her text back was something like, yes, please do. Based on that, I said, huh, maybe she should join me. So I'd like to introduce to you Stacy Rasmussen. She is a marriage and family therapist, and uh, I'll let her introduce uh, where she does uh, her work. But uh, just so you know, if we weren't such good friends, She'd be my therapist because she's pretty awesome, and I'm really excited to pick her brain on this topic here. So, Stacy, welcome to Vitality Radio. Thank you, Jared. So, where is it that you practice? I work for Wasatch Family Therapy. We have offices in Cottonwood Heights and in Bountiful. Okay. And, uh, yeah, your office in Bountiful is uh, hop, skip, and a jump from Vitality. Just right up around the corner yeah. from you. And so, I have asked her on a few occasions... Uh, since I've known her, if she'd be interested in coming on the radio. And she has uh, kind of laughed it off and said, yeah, maybe not so much. Right? Maybe, yeah, maybe not so much, <laughs> but here I am. And this time you said yes. I did say yes this time. And when you said yes, it was in a text message. And I said, really? Exclamation point multiple times. <laughs> and I was so excited because this is a, uh, you know, all kidding aside, this is a serious topic. And I want... Um, I wanted somebody that knows more about it than I, I do to talk about the therapy side of things. So what do you think people need to hear about this suicide? I think the biggest thing is that people hear the word suicide. It's not a bad word. It's not a scary word. It might feel scary to talk about it, but it's a really important word that we need to talk about because we're losing so many people to suicide every single day. 
Uh, before we got on the air, you shared some of those numbers with me. Do you want to share some of the statistics? Yeah. So in Utah, we are losing one person every 13 hours to suicide. So approximately two a day. Um, it is the seventh leading cause of death in Utah. It is the first leading cause of death in kids aged 15 to 24. So we're losing a lot of our youth to suicide. Yeah, and to a guy like me and uh, a woman like yourself who have kids in that age range, that uh, yep. even hits a little closer to home, obviously. Yep, it does. We didn't get into this before, and I don't know if you know them off the top of your head, but I've heard it referred to as almost epidemic now, this uh, suicide among kids of that age. Is this a trend that is getting worse? Well, the numbers are showing that we are we are losing more to suicide and it's not just kids. Like I, I told Jared before we came on the air, it's our age range and specifically his demographic, white males aged 44 to 54 that are at the highest risk of suicide right now. Yeah, I'll be 47 next week, so I'm right in there. And uh, yep. yeah, that's crazy. You know, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on, Stacy, is because it this is something, while I absolutely feel there are plenty of Plenty of things I can work on when it comes to my own mental health and things like that. And I said I was going to say this, so I'm going to say this. <laughs> if you were uh, not uh, such a good friend and we could have a uh, therapeutic relationship, I would absolutely trust you in that place, which is why I wanted you on the show today. But I get second fiddle. You know, I have to have a different therapist. You do. Uh, yep. Who you referred to me. I did, and, yes. And so that's good. But the type of therapy, there's a lot of stuff I want to work on for me. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up is that I know there's a stigma about therapy. There's a stigma about mental health. There's a stigma about depression and anxiety and all these things in terms right. of, you know, these are things we should maybe hide away from our friends, our co-workers, our family. It, right. There, there's a huge stigma when it comes to mental health and struggling with our mental health. And we're in 2019. We're to the point now where people need to talk about it. Mental health is something that affects everybody. Absolutely. And you said before, everybody needs therapy. And I think that should be on your business card. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, I think there's some real truth in that. And, and I will say this, as a younger man, and uh, I just said how old I am. I'm no longer a younger man. But as a younger man, I used to think that therapy, to a large extent, was kind of a waste of time. I mean, that was my opinion on it. And frankly, I've had a couple of different therapists in my life and feel like at sometimes I've had good experiences and other times not so good. And I think there's a lot to finding the person who clicks with you. How do you feel there, about there, that? There is a lot to be said to finding somebody who is a good fit for you and your personality and for your issues. Not every therapist is qualified or competent to help everybody with all of their issues. There are people who specialize in substance abuse. There are people who specialize in sexual trauma, betrayal trauma. There's, there's all kinds, OCD, anxiety. There's all kinds of different kinds of therapists. You need to find the one that fits best with you and with your issues. Right. And so, as I, I, I'm so good at this because one of my big things is ADHD um, all over the place. And when I started that about 10 minutes ago, uh, what I was going to finish with is I've never had suicidal ideations. We talked about right. that and you looked at me like I was crazy, which I thought was interesting because crazy is probably the wrong word on a mental health uh, topic. But aside from that, the suicidal ideation thing, meaning, you know, thoughts of maybe I'm better off if I'm, or maybe people right. will be better off if I'm not here. Right. And a lot of times people think that suicidal ideation means 
planning. Like, I'm going to go kill myself and this is how I'm going to do it. That's not ideation. That's planning. That's a different stage. Ideation is thinking like, maybe I'm better off just not being here. Or maybe other people are better off. Exactly. Or maybe my family would be better off. Or even things as innocuous as, you know, I could have this thing happen to me and it would be all over and that would be okay. Those are the beginning stages of ideation. And you told me prior to getting on the air that that is really common. It is very, very common. That it's unusual for someone have to, to have not had those thoughts. Yeah. I, I mean, unusual in my line of work because sure. people yeah. come in and usually there's a catalyst that sends them to therapy. And a lot of times suicidal thoughts and ideation are a catalyst. That's really interesting. And, and I've never felt that way. I can't think of a time when I felt like the world would be better off without me, which is why I have a radio show. But <laughs> We all need a little bit more Jared in our life. Right, right. Not the jeweler. But uh, no, the, the, again, joking aside, I have a hard time with joking aside, but those are thoughts that I can't relate with. I, I've right. never felt that it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me, but people that I love have told me that they've had thoughts like that. People that I love have successfully completed, completed I'm trying to use the right words here, completed suicide. This is, I look at suicide very, very differently than I used to as a, as a younger man. I look at mental health very, very differently than I used to. And so, again, that's why I wanted to have you on. So let's talk about this a little bit. First off, suicide isn't a dirty word. It's not suicide a topic is that not should be a, avoided. It, is, it should not be the word that is spoken of in hushed terms and behind closed doors and not said openly in front of our kids. Our kids need to know the word suicide. They need to know what that means. They need to know that... It's okay that it's scary that their friends are struggling or that they may be struggling or that mom or dad might be struggling or grandma or grandpa. It's okay to talk about. Okay. So that's maybe stage one is taking it out of the shadows. Yes. Right. Okay. So what else do you think uh, will be helpful in getting to people who are experiencing these feelings? What else do they need to know in terms of uh, the hope that is out there for them? That there is hope out there, that that suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation and things like that are a moment in time. And sometimes those moments last a really, really long time and they can feel really, really heavy, but there is hope available. There's hope in that somebody cares about you, even if it's somebody on the other line of a crisis hotline, somebody cares and wants you to be here. Okay. And so that's the person who is considering suicide or has had the ideations. What about the people who love those who are struggling with that? What can they do? The people that are left behind or the people that have loved ones are struggling right now? People who are concerned that someone they love might be considering suicide or has considered it in the past or maybe even attempted it. They need to talk about it. It's okay to say to that person, have you ever, have you ever thought about killing yourself? Have you ever had those thoughts? Have you ever thought the world might be better off without you? And when that person says to you, I have, not going, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out, but saying, I want you here. You're important to me. Let's talk about this. I'm here for you. Okay. So from what you've seen, from what you've studied, are people generally in shock when someone they love commits suicide? Not not, not shock because... Oh my gosh, they're gone. But shocking is, oh my gosh, I had no idea 
a lot, they were at that stage. Yeah, a lot of times people express some shock that the lo- that their loved one completed suicide. They'll have known that there was times in their life previously that they had been struggling, but they'll be surprised often that at that particular time it had gotten so bad that they had completed. Okay. So then from a therapist's point of view, I, I, I have to assume you have clients who talk about suicide with you. Every day. Right. Okay. And w- what are some things therapeutically that, that people can, uh, let, let's talk about the person who might be considering this first, okay. that they can do that would help them find the hope that they need. Are, are there things that you counsel your clients to do? There are. So the first thing is to find a reason to live. You have to find a purpose. Okay. And remembering what that purpose is. I have my clients put little stickies on their mirror sometimes. You know, I am worth living. I deserve to live. Somebody loves me. Having those connections and be, and knowing that you have some purpose in this world, whether it be to be a parent to a child, whether it be even taking care of an animal, you have a purpose and and focusing in on that and remembering that when you're in that deep, dark place that feels so alone and so overwhelming. So let's talk about connection. You used the word connection, and you did earlier when we were texting about this a few days mm-hmm. ago. You said it's all about connection. It is all about What do about you mean connect- by that? Well, what I mean by it's all about connection is people are not meant, humans are a very social group. We need connections to thrive. We need connections to survive. So when we feel like we're isolated and we're alone and we don't have those connections, that's when those deep, dark places start to take over. So if we can connect when we feel like that, we can survive and we can thrive. I've been to, I think, three or four now funerals in my life of people mm-hmm. that either either the person who died by completed suicide or a, f- a friend of mine who had a loved one that did. One of the things that has been universal at the few that I've attended, and I would assume is the vast majority, is that there are people who genuinely really miss that person. They're gone. They're not coming back. And there's this huge sense of loss. Yes. And grief. Why is it, do you think, that someone who completes a suicide doesn't recognize that they're actually going to be missed. What What's happening there? Well, there are several things. A lot of times it's really severe chronic depression or, you know, any other number of disorders that can put them into a space where they really feel like they don't have any value and that nobody values them. And that's a really scary place to be. Uh, and it, and, it's, hard, and it's hard yeah. to come out of that at times. And so that's why it's really important to, to kind of set this up when they're in a better place so that they can draw on that when they get in that really dark place. Okay, and so set this up meaning that they need to feel that support. Yes. At all times. Yes. Not just in a time of crisis. Not just in a time of crisis. Okay. All right, so uh, any other steps that can be taken by someone who's listening right now who has had or is having these thoughts that can be useful for them? Talk to people. Talk to people in your life. So if you're having thoughts of that, reach out to someone, reach out to a friend, reach out to a neighbor, reach out to your parents, reach out to your spouse, reach out to somebody and let them know that you're struggling. There is help available. Reach out to a therapist, reach out to your primary care physician if you need to. And if it gets to a crisis point, 
and you feel like you can't reach out to any of those people, call the uni crisis line, 801-587-3000. That's the Utah uni crisis hotline. Okay. And if you can't remember that, although I would encourage everybody to program that into their phone. When I speak on suicide prevention at church meetings and things like that, I have everybody pull out their phone and program it in. Give us the number again. 801-587-3000. So we've just got another minute left. So let's go from uh, the individual who's struggling to the person who loves the individual who's struggling again. Besides telling someone, you matter to me, are there other tools that can be utilized to help that individual that you love that's struggling? If you have someone who is having chronic suicidal ideation or has moved to the planning stages or is engaging in self-harm, they need to see a licensed mental health professional. They need some professional help to help them deal with what is happening. And that, that may include therapy. That may include nutrition and health and wellness things. This is a, a holistic thing. This is not just one specific fix. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes maybe uh, this happens. I, I know religion plays a role in this. It does. And oftentimes my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, of course, Utah is a very religious state. Yep. A lot of people will go to their clergy to uh, seek the help that they need. Yeah. Oftentimes I know clergy then will refer them out to therapists if they feel they like will. that's useful. Yes. In many cases, I know uh, in, in the LDS church that they it can even sometimes be paid for by the by the ward or the stake or, you know, that kind of thing. But one of the things that I think is really important about what you said is the holistic approach to this, because I believe that there are so many different places where we can find help. You know, that you, you mentioned them, your, your, your family, your friends, your coworkers, clergy members, you know, therapists and so on and so forth. And of course my uh, area of expertise will be the nutrition side, which I'll talk about after, after we're done with this conversation but the biggest thing that I wanted to try to achieve here with you is just trying to help people understand that they're not helpless. They aren't helpless. There are a lot of resources available to them, and there's hope. If there's one thing that somebody that's listening or somebody that loves someone um, can get from this is that there is hope. This is not a chronic place that you have to be. You can crawl out of that deep, dark hole and be happy. I love someone who attempted suicide nine years ago. Yeah. She knows, uh, loved someone who completed suicide 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. When I think about that and I think about how my life has been positively impacted by her existence. Mm -hmm. And then I think about what positive impact the existence of her family member who's no longer with us, you know, what he could have potentially uh, brought to the table for, for his loved ones. I think we just have to understand, I, I love what you said about a moment in time. You know, life is this amazing amalgam of ups and downs. It's yeah. just all over the place. Right. And of course, for people that deal with anxiety, depression, things like that, maybe you're feeling a lot more downs than ups right. a lot of the time. But the big downs that uh, come that would bring these types of thoughts, more often than not, more fleeting. Is that accurate? Yeah. A, a lot of the people who have attempted will later report that they got right to the point of either completing and they changed their mind 
or they actually attempted and and woke up in a hospital or, you know, under care and realized, you know what? I do want to live. I yeah. do want to be here. Grateful that it didn't work out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So th- obviously there's a lot more that we could talk about. What we've brought to you today is a, a tiny little portion of this, but I think I'll, I'll say a couple of words and then I'll let you finish, Stacey. But okay. m- what I'd like to get across to people again is that there is help. It is available to you and your individual situation is different than everybody else's situation. So recognize where the help is if, again, the suicide hotline being, you know, one option that's there for everybody. But I don't know anybody that isn't loved on some level by somebody who wouldn't be missed if they went away. It's true. And we have to let the people close to us know how true that really is and not just tell them but show them how important they are in our lives connection is huge when we get back from the break i'm going to talk about a study that was done on connection and what connection really means and how it can change everything from suicide to addiction and a variety of other things just feeling like there is a purpose for you to be there and there's somebody there that actually cares that's what i'd like to uh, to end with are there any parting words that you'd like to share Connection is prevention. That's good. That could be on a bumper sticker. I it like that. It could be on a bumper sticker. It yeah, may be. That, that, that's awesome. And and I believe that that's absolutely the, the case. Oh, this is a tough topic to talk about. It, it there's is. a lot of emotion involved in it. And, yep. and for me, this week, uh, maybe a little bit more than, than usual. But again, I, I try and keep things, everything from uh, ranty to humorous on this show and sometimes just downright serious it was only a few weeks ago that i talked about my uncle's death on uh, on this show and hey we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna run the gamut on vitality radio but i'm really grateful that you were able to come on today stacy thanks for having Thank me you. again stacy rasmussen from wasatch family therapy family therapy i don't know the name of it because i can't go there <laughs> and <laughs> i will say this if you like what stacy had to say and you feel like, uh, you know, she may be, be able to provide some support for you. Uh, what's a contact number for you? You, you don't know your own contact number, Stacey? <laughs> okay, I so should. it's Wasatch Family it's Therapy. It's WasatchFamilyTherapy.com. Google it, or you, go, or you can go to WasatchFamilyTherapy.com. And, of course, th- none of this had to do with promoting uh, Stacy's business, clearly, since she wasn't ready to do it. Uh, <laughs> this is really just promoting mental wellness and uh, helping people that need help. Uh, And if you're one who does uh, need help, that there is hope out there and you are not without help. Okay, so we're going to cut to a break. And when I come back, I'm going to share a little study with you. I'm going to talk about the the nutrition side of this topic and how nutrition can play a huge role in your brain and in helping you with uh, your thought processes and balance so that those ups and downs might be eased a bit. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. During this COVID-19 challenge, Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful now offers curbside pickup. Just call 801 801- 292-6662. We will take your order by phone and have it ready when you get to our parking lot. We can also ship product to most of Utah next day. Give us a call at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Thank you.
Okay, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week on Vitality Radio. It's good to have you again listening to me talk about the things I'm passionate about. I sure appreciate your time. I know that there are plenty of other things you could be spending your time listening to, and I'm grateful that you're willing to listen to me for a little bit, talk about things that uh, I believe are important. I hope that Vitality Radio provides a lot of benefit for you. Okay, so Vitality uh, Radio today, again, has been about depression. We focused a lot on suicide with uh, Stacy Rasmussen in the previous segment, and I want to get into a few other things and talk about more my level of uh, an area of expertise when it comes to helping you with the mental health. But I also wanted to talk about one thing really quickly, totally unrelated, but I've fallen in love with something that you need to know about. We live in a desert in Utah. If you live anywhere within the sound of my radio voice, now uh, once this show becomes a podcast, uh, you may live in some real humid environment. Maybe this won't even impact you, but if you live in Utah or in any of these dry environments, you'll know that uh, dry skin is an issue. Now, I don't generally struggle with dry skin. hasn't been that much of an issue, but I moved from Syracuse down to Bountiful a couple of years ago, and now my hands get a little dry. Just the palms of my hands. It's about the only place, but it drives me crazy. I'm one who likes to shower at night before I go to bed. And I'll get in bed and my hands are dry and I got to do something. So I've used all kinds of different lotions. Of course, I'm one who's going to avoid all the chemicals. So all the lotions I've used have been from uh, lotions that I have carried at Vitality over the last few years. I finally found one that's better than anything else. And it's not close. It is the best lotion money can buy. I am convinced it's called Organic Fiji, uh, like the islands. And I'm telling you, the stuff is amazing. Specifically, I really like the uh, pineapple coconut because the scent is out of this world if you're into the whole pina colada thing. Uh, but uh, they have about four or five different scents. They have amazing soap, but the best lotion you can buy. So if you're looking for a chemical-free, non-garbage lotion that really, really hydrates your skin, Organic Fiji is the way to go, I promise. Okay, back to business, doing the things that we really need to talk about here um, on this topic of depression and mental health when it comes to nutrition. I wanted to throw one thing at you. Uh, when we were talking to Stacy, I said I'd share this after the break. I watched a TED Talk uh, earlier this week about connection and addiction, and he talked about uh, a couple of experiments that were done on rats. They put a bunch of different rats, one at a time, in a cage with a water bottle in one corner that was laced with heroin and a water bottle in the other corner that simply had water in it. And they watched what happened. And once the rat figured out what was in the other, the the laced water bottle, he would go to that water bottle almost exclusively until he eventually killed himself. Now, another researcher came around after a while and looked at this and thought, you know, there's a problem with this. We're putting a rat in a cage. It's an empty cage. So he made what he called a rat park. He set up a really, really nice uh, cage with, you know, the, uh, the wheels and lots of cheese and other rats. And he created an environment that was more of a happy environment. They put the same bottles of water in there. And uh, the rats would try the heroin water every so often, but they would routinely go for regular water. 
they didn't form an addiction. And there is a relatively new belief that connection is the answer to addiction. Certainly much more than it is shame and things like that. And as I was talking to Stacy about this topic, uh, she fully embraces the idea that connection is the key. And connection is uh, the key to mental illness in many ways. If you feel that there's somebody there that loves you, and if you feel that love for them and you can truly connect, you can you can go a long way. So one thing that I would recommend highly is figure out what you can connect to, especially if you struggle with addiction, because connection is huge. Now, as far as nutrition, what do we do if we struggle with chronic depression, anxiety, uh, even OCD, ADD, things like that? There are a few things. The first thing is we have to address the gut. When it comes to depression, the doctors will recommend antidepressants. In most cases, these are SSRIs, that's serotonin, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And the problem with a serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitor is that it overrides the body's normal way of doing things. It's very difficult to find good balance with those. Sometimes you're a little high, sometimes you're a little low because the body's not self-regulating. The drug is overriding. And so dosages have to come up and down. And one of the most dangerous times, particularly when we're talking about violent acts such as suicide and homicide when people are on these drugs are when doses are going up and down or when a patient is being put on a new prescription or pulled off of an old one that's when the risk is at its very highest. And the reason I think for that is pretty simple. It's because we've, it's just gone too far. It's, it's much too high uh, or much too low too quickly for the patient uh, to be able to manage the emotions that come with uh, those hormones shifting as dramatically as they're shifting. So why would the gut have anything to do with that? Well, 90% of serotonin is produced in the gut. Uh, it is the most critical area of the body, not the brain, as to what happens in the brain. That is the gut. And what I've found through uh, just a ton of experience now over the years, particularly the last five years, as the research has been coming out and I've become more aware of it, is when people come in and ask me, hey, I'm looking to do what I can nutritionally to help with depression and anxiety and these feelings that I have and improve my mental health, I say, well, the first thing you need to do is improve your gut health. And one of the first questions I will ask them is, how is your gut? You know, Do you struggle with um, IBS or any of those types of symptoms? Do you get gassiness and bloated after meals? Do you struggle with constipation or diarrhea or any of those types of things? And if they say yes, I'm not surprised. In fact, I'm surprised if they say no, if acid reflux is an issue, any of those types of things, because what I found is that almost without fail, someone who has a mental health issue usually has a gut health issue as well. It's really not rocket science to figure this part of it out. So then what do we do about it? And that's been the tough part because for years at Vitality Nutrition and every other health food store across the country, we haven't had a really good answer to really truly restoring balance in the gut until very recently. About nine years ago, I discovered something called bacillus coagulans. Bacillus coagulans was a, a, a probiotic that's what's called a spore-forming probiotic, and it had been used in veterinary medicine, specifically in horses, for years. But it didn't come to light as human medicine until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I don't know exactly when it came out, but I first discovered it uh, on the market nine years ago when I was 
looking very, very hard to try and figure out the problem of what could really be a stable probiotic that would really help people uh, in, a, in a really significant way. Once I discovered that, I was hooked, totally fascinated by this concept of what a spore-forming probiotic could do. Because spore-forming probiotics are not sensitive to heat. They can handle temperatures up to 400 degrees. That's not typical of a human probiotic. They are not susceptible to high acidity, so the stomach doesn't kill them. In fact, the research that I've done shows that they will get all the way down to the colon, and that's where everything matters when it comes to the gut, is all the way down at the very bottom. When you get the colon right, everything else tends to come into line. Uh, the things you hear about leaky gut and all that kind of stuff start to improve and eventually can be repaired. And spore-forming probiotics are the way this happens. I'm more convinced than ever. When it comes to mental health, I've seen excellent results with people with things like bipolar, chronic depression, PTSD. Over time, there's nothing instant with this stuff where they will tell me that they've found that once they've been on spore-forming probiotics for a significant period of time, that they have found that it has benefited their mental health. And that is powerful. We have to understand, I think it's critical to understand, that pharmaceuticals for depression, pharmaceuticals for anxiety, besides the fact that they have inherent dangers, particularly the benzodiazepines, but at the SSRIs absolutely as well, Besides the fact that they're dangerous, besides the fact that they can be very addictive, besides all of that, they don't solve any problems. I brought you an episode of the show just a few weeks ago talking about this. It's a big deal. You don't have a deficiency of Xanax. You don't have a deficiency of Prozac or uh, Zoloft or Lexapro. These are not deficiencies. These are chemicals that are being put into the body to try to make up for deficiencies Rather than do that, why don't we attack the deficiency itself? And that deficiency happens in many, many cases because of deficiencies in the gut when it comes to the good bacteria in the gut. I'm more convinced than ever that probiotics, specifically spore-forming probiotics, and more specifically one called Just Thrive that I've had better success with than anything else out there, absolutely can be a game changer for people with these types of issues. I've seen it time and time again over the last five years. I've become more convinced almost on a daily basis the more people that come and talk to me about it. And it truly is amazing. But I have to commit you to something. If you're going to do a spore-forming probiotic, if you're going to do Just Thrive, you've got to commit to a minimum of three months. And my recommendation would be to commit to at least six months. Nothing but good can happen with that. But a lot of people give up too fast. Keep in mind that you've been whittling away at your gut microbiome, at the good bacteria in your gut for all the years you've been alive through chemicals, antibiotics, and so many other processes that eliminate the good stuff in the gut. And now you've got to build it back up and it takes time. But if you'll do it, I'm telling you, it can be extremely useful. I hope today's episode's been useful for you. I hope that uh, if you're listening right now, you have discovered some tools that can be helpful to you, whether it be nutritionally or uh, therapeutically. I hope that you feel that there is hope uh, that you are not helpless in this fight against depression, anxiety, and these types of issues that so many people struggle with and that uh, 
Boy, I'll tell you, my heart just melts for that funeral that I went to earlier this week. It really hit home for me because I've got a 20-year-old son. I've got a 22-year-old daughter. This was an 18-year-old young man the day after his birthday who chose to, he chose the route of suicide. And that can't be undone. And that young man was a beautiful soul. He really was. The one thing I learned at the funeral was just how amazing this kid was and is. And uh, I just so much wish that this never had to happen again. So I hope that somebody out there listening right now is uh, gaining some benefit uh, from the conversation that I had today with Stacy, from the information that I brought you on Vitality Radio. I'm going to leave you with a phone number because Stacy couldn't find it in the uh, time that I gave her. Her uh, office number, if you're interested in someone to help you with therapy, is 801-944-4555. That's 801-944-4555. Uh, and uh, if uh, you're interested in someone who's very, very good, I highly recommend her, and uh, she recommends the, the other people in her office. So uh, there you go. That's what I've got for you on Vitality Radio today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. You've been listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.